right, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Boombastic Cast. It's a little somber of an episode today on the Boombastic Cast. We lost a legendary legend that we, uh, we've loved going way, way, way back. Um, gentlemen, me and my, uh, me and my good cohort over here, Alexander the Great, uh, actually got a chance to see perform his art, his stand up routine. The great Gilbert Godfrey, you know what I mean? Uh, Hawkman, how you doing over there? Well, I mean, I'm doing okay for myself personally, but, uh, I mean, like you said, I mean, it was uh, another gut punch about Gilbert passing away. Yeah. And uh, I think it's safe to say, I mean, we've had episodes uh, earlier uh, this year talking about some other uh, people we we appreciate that had passed. I mean, we're talking about Bob Saget. We're talking about uh, um, Louis Anderson, and uh, and a lot of great great classic uh, comedians from our, our youth. You know, going going bye bye. Well, the comedians are big. You know, with with Gilbert, you know, there was a picture floating around that I guess. Uh, which was kind of airy when that when, when you're it's a meme, and uh, it's a picture of Gilbert, Bob Saget, and uh, Louis Anderson, and uh, it was taken like in January or something like that. And the meme meme said uh, this was taken in January, and all three of these people are dead now, and it's only like April. Uh, I think he I think he passed in March. Yeah, it's April now, but I think he passed in late March. And Pretty there sad. was. A- there yep. was another one which was also with him, Bob Sagabat, and Norm MacDonald also. Uh, well, they're, they're like, it's to be, I wouldn't put too much conspiracy into it because it's to be expected with them being legendary comedians of their time. And unfortunately, you know, uh, you don't go backwards in time. You just go forward, you know what I mean? You just get older. So, yeah, I think, you know, you, you, things like dying comes into the equation. Unfortunately, that's just part of the deal. Uh, like I said before, I think a lot of the folks, it's going to feel like a lot of people are passing um, strictly mainly because I feel like it's, it's starting to become people that you used to, as a child, you'd see a lot. So, you know, as a child, they're probably 30, 40s, and now we're, in, you know, 30s and 40s. And, um, you know, we're their age and they're, they're the age of their parents and such when they were going out or whatever, grandparents. Um, but yeah, very sad, you know, like it's crazy. Time keeps them moving as they say, you know what I mean? But it was very sad that Gilbert passed, um, gigantic fan of his comedy, uh, stand-up comedy, you know, of course his work with Aladdin, you know, his Lago, everybody loved that to death. Um, Ninja Turtles, he was a part of, uh, you know, Prom Child, of course, huge. Prom Child is huge uh, for everybody. I was telling the Hawkman recently, I went back and did a, uh, a watch, rewatched the one and two in tribute to Gilbert. And um, the first one, you know, I like the second one a lot, too. But that first one's like really great comedy, like for for comedies from the 90s. If you were to make a list of comedies from the 90s. A top 10 listers will say you'd have to have Problem Child on there because it's actually a very well put together uh, comedy. You know what I mean? And I've seen, I think there's three of them. I think there's part two, which is a little more campy. 
Um, got the girl involved with it. Very fun. Um, and that dude, that big heavy dude that was in a lot of movies at the time. I wonder ever what came of that guy. We'll have to get him on the show. There was a part three as well, which I was Junior in Love, perhaps. Um, but it was about him, like, I think there was something, there was a camp involved with that one, too. Maybe it was like a camp. He fell in love at camp. I got it on tape somewhere. It was made for TV, I believe. I think Gilbert is the only one who returned. I think it was a new kid, and Gilbert returned. They say Gilbert couldn't turn down dollar bills. That's what <laughs> they say. But that's why we love him. Uh, stand-up, of course, very raunchy. He kind of had that Bob Saget deal, too, where, like, you know him. Or you, not us, but like folks that would just that might know him from the from the kids thing. Uh, yeah, when they hear his comedy, it's a different world. You know what I mean? Uh, Gilbert had been in trouble for saying some offensive things throughout the years. Uh, dropping nine eleven jokes, tsunami jokes that kind of hurt him out. But uh, rebellious rock star comedian, fucking balls for days. Uh, dude that would throw everything on the old chopping block for a laugh. You know what I mean? Comedy purist. You know what I mean? Got to be appreciated. Got to be loved. You know? Yeah. I mean, we got, you know, we, we got to roll through, a you know, some of his work that we appreciate the most. Um, but yeah, he got to, got to start at 15 years old. First time you ever hit the stage doing stand up, which is pretty crazy. His sisters, I believe, brought, brought him to uh, do it, which is, is nuts. You know, back in the day, that's some crazy shit. Now, Hawkman, you ever get into his his uh, his podcast, the Gilbert Godfrey Amazing Colossal Podcast? No, I mean I knew of it. Right. Um, as <laughs> as Matt likes to always give me crap about yeah. that. Uh, while we do a fair amount of podcasts ourselves, I don't listen to podcasts really. I mean, I I might stumble across one or two if if it has an, uh, someone that I'm interested in or something like that. Hmm. I really don't like regularly watch podcasts. Now, I mean, the thing is that. Uh, um, as as you might or might not know, if you followed, uh, you know, our podcast uh, journey, uh, we had the honor of seeing him, both of us, yeah. uh, at the uh, Gathering of the Jugglers. Now, that was, uh, shit, uh, what, 2019. Uh, 2019, yeah, right before the pandemic hit us. Yeah. And, uh, and, I mean... The thing is, uh, we saw his act. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get to, you know, see him behind scenes, or we didn't really talk to him. But we did see his act, and uh, and it was good. Uh, I mean, it was good that we got to see him before he passed. I do have to admit that when I saw him, I thought he was moving uh, with some trouble, and uh, I wasn't sure whether it was part of his act or whether he was really struggling. But uh, from what I've been told that he's been suffering with this issue for a while. So he could very possibly have been suffering from it at the time we saw him. Yeah. Yeah. When we see him, we could tell there was a little something up. It was great to see him. Um, I know he kept going till he had, he had, he had a paper. I'm not going to hate on that. He's an older gentleman. I'm not going to, Say anything, you know. We love Gilbert, but Gilbert was getting a little up there, I think, at age. Uh, and he had a he had a 
he had a paper he was going get you know so he could remember what jokes he needed to do and such. But um, yeah, it's interesting, you know, with with uh, the, the comedians and they start to kind of when they get older, it's a weird vibe, you know. And I heard Rodney Dan- Rodney uh, Dangerfield so some stories about how he, um, I guess his last couple weren't that, wasn't that great. Like his timing started to go a little bit and all that. And, um, you know, Rodney's great too. Enough about the rod on the Gilb God. I don't think they did, um, crossed over pass Gilbert. They probably came up a little bit around the time, same time. Gilbert was probably a little after him, but, well, uh, I, I, I think, um, now it could be wrong, but I was pretty sure that uh, Gilbert was in at least one of Rodney's movies. I thought. Sure, I'm he sure he was. There. I know a later one he was when they were grabbed, but I don't know if that's Rodney's picking. Like Rodney, he kind of retired for a little bit, then he came back. Um, but I feel like, yeah, I feel like Rodney might be ten, fifteen years on him, a little bit older than him. Um, I'm sure they brushed past, of course, but I don't think it was ever a situation where he was like on a Rodney special. You know, those specials that kind of created a lot of, well, not created, but definitely helped put those some of those comedians into a bigger light. I know that Seinfeld was one of those comedians, and Seinfeld actually, I believe, came up with with Gilbert. So um, there you go. So they were kind of in that circle, I guess, but he never really showcased them like that. Well, uh, uh, just to take care of my curiosity and for yeah. anyone else who might be actually uh, uh, listening, that uh, he was in Meet Wally Sparks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, he played a character called Mr. Harry Carp. I, I do kind of remember him in it. It was one of – because that movie had, like, a lot of, um, you know – actors and comedians that showed up for like small cameos or you know or bigger parts in that film so the, the great Lenny Clark who is a gigantor fan of DJ Stan the Man Heck shout, yeah. out, shout out Lenny yeah. Um, but yeah yeah he, so he's more of a I want to say Lenny was even on one of those yeah Lenny was on a Dangerfield Show so maybe Rodney and Gilbert maybe they didn't get along. I'm sure they had to have. I don't know. They're both from New York, so it's just it's it's like you know Rodney had his own club. I'm sure. I'm sure Gilbert played Dangerfields. I could perhaps I could be wrong, but I'm sure he probably did. Uh, Yeah, I'm sure they. I'd be interesting. That'd be fun. That'd be like a weird day if you found out they had. I'd love to hear that story if that existed. If they had beef, but what can you do? You know what I mean. Heck yeah. Um, it's one of those deals, you know. Uh, he was on SNL for a little bit. He had the SNL gig, probably like in one of the weaker years. Um, Gilbert's like, you know, you got you really got to be Gilbert if you're writing for Gilbert, I feel. You know what I mean? I, I feel like if you're going to give writers, uh, you know, I think that could have been a problem why you didn't really, you know, fly it at SNL. Yeah, well, I mean, Gilbert had a very specific way of doing things, right? And I, when when you hire Gilbert, you, you got Gilbert. I mean, it it wasn't like you know, yeah, you hired him, and then all of a sudden he changed his stick for whatever you know project you had. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, it's it's funny. I mean, when you look at his com- uh, his his comedy, you look at a lot of the film season, and then you look at like he did a lot of, um, you know, Disney family stuff. I mean, Iago. I mean, not only was in Aladdin the movies, but he was also in a bunch of other projects, uh, uh, TV series. He was actually in the um, Problem Child TV series as a voice. It was uh, also in the Aladdin TV series playing Iago. Um, he actually, for Disney, yeah. he actually did for the uh, Tower of Terror uh, uh, theme ride. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Have you ever gone on that? No, I'm familiar with it, though. <clears throat> well, anyway, if, I mean, I believe it's still there. I mean, I last time I went was... God, I mean, over ten years ago. What, but Disney? when I, yeah, to Disney. Yeah. My yeah, parents, went, my family went there later in life when I was older, so I didn't like cruise with them. My younger brother and sister went. Um, and I, they brought me back a cup, a cool like um, frosted with like uh, green in it. Listen, having like almost a glowy green tint um, mug from that place you were talking about. Yeah, and shallowly in it. Do. Yeah, and 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 the um thing is, if you gone there or you haven't, or you might have just seen the video. Yeah, he plays a pretty much like a, a guy coming into you know rent a room at the Tower of Terror, and you know with these themed parks, they have a video, you know, getting you amped and ready for the ride, kind of making you feel like you're part of a story more than just you know doing a cool ride. Yeah. And of course, you know, Gilbert, you know, did that thing and it was it was fun. It was fun seeing him and um definitely your first time I did I was not expecting to see a video with Gilbert Godfrey. So right. But um but actually the thing is um my favorite favorite movie that he did. Okay. He which I mean, as you can guess, uh, he played the character Iago. Now, you might think, well, of course, uh, you're a big fan of Aladdin, which, you know, I grew up, I think it's one of the best Disney animated films that came out. But my favorite was actually Return of Jafar. Because that one, they redeemed the Iago character. Yeah. Because I mean, as you, as you know, watching. I mean, if you, I mean, it was one of those straight to DVD, uh, um, DVD or VHSs, uh, Disney films. They did a lot. They did like Pocahontas too. They did Mulan too. But I do have to say, at least with Aladdin, they made it to Aladdin three. Okay, yeah. so. The Aladdin ones, and also they had their own, like, Saturday morning cartoon. So the Aladdin did better with the sequels and also the TV series than a lot of other Disney uh, things. But uh, Return of Jafar, you have Jafar, of course, showing up, and he gets his hooks back into Iago and convinces him to be friends with Aladdin so they can manipulate, so um, uh, Jafar can, you know, come back and wreak his revenge on those that he believed wronged him. Yeah. And, uh, 
And the thing is, of course, Iago comes in, Aladdin and Jasmine and the genie don't really trust him. But he kind of wins them over and he actually starts bonding with them. And then, of course, in the typical uh, Disney family kind of thing where you have a character like Iago, he starts realizing that maybe he should not be the lackey to the villain. Maybe he, sh- I mean, these people are actually seeming to trust him now and like him and, and he feels bad about what he's doing. And then um, there's, there's a line in it that I love where um, Iago decides that he's going to kick uh, Jafar's lamp into the lava to destroy Jafar and save his new friends. He does that, but Jafar pretty much uh, zaps him, and Iago falls down. Of course, in a typical Disney movie, you think that Iago might have perished, and then Iago uh, coughs up and and says, and after Aladdin says, you, you think he's dead? And then Iago croaks, you'd be surprised what you can live through. And I thought that was probably one of the best straight-to-DVD Disney movies mm. that I have ever seen. Because a lot of others, I mean, are simply just uh, for Disney to try to get some few extra bucks on name recognition. But actually, I think Return of Jafar was the only one that I thought actually they they did they tried to actually have a cool story. They tried to you know teach something other than oh you know hey everyone likes Cinderella so this makes Cinderella too, which yeah. you know has like a story that you're like eh, okay it doesn't really fit well with the narrative, but. But yeah, I really, I really appreciate that movie, and really love the fact that yeah, you had Iago, and you gave him kind of a, a character arc, which I enjoyed. And and the thing is that I mean, Gilbert, I mean, he do, did a lot of stuff, a lot of voiceover works, a lot of uh, live action stuff, but he was never really given much to do other than playing Gilbert, I and mean, they. They didn't try to, you know, give him a lead or a big supporting role with any huge character arcs or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, which, which is great. He was great at what he did. But I did appreciate that that's the only time I can think of where Gilbert was given something more to do other than be the funny voice. Yeah. I'm with you, Bubba. Yeah. And... Like I said, I mean that that one really touched me, and I really liked it. So, and yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff on here that lo- looks like uh, like a wide variety. There's more variety than I expected when I was cruising through uh, of of stuff. It'd be you know he's done a decent amount of stuff. It'd be interesting to dive in uh, more so into some of the earlier deals, you know. I know the first thing, uh, well, not the first thing, but one of the first things I remember seeing him on was Cosby Show. I used to watch Cosby Show heavily uh, in the 90s and 80s, you know what I mean? Oh, I have a question for you. Did you drink anything while watching the Cosby Show? I would, because I, if that's the case, uh, I, 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 I just want to check. I, I, I hope you didn't. He dosed, he dosed America. Cosby dosed America into thinking that he was a great dude uh, with the Cosby show. 
if you ever want to talk about getting dosed through TV, think about that. He, he got everybody believing he was, uh, and that's speculate, uh, speculate that he is, and I guess he's out of jail now, so because they didn't have evidence or something, lack of evidence, or he refused to say that he did it. I remember, I don't know what the actual deal in with that was, but. I, I think it was kind of like uh, that the people who went after him, uh, because there's a, a time limitation on on this kind of uh, crime, Statue I think. limitation? Yeah. I, I don't think, think there is for, like, rape. I don't think there is. I, I, th- I think there is. I mean, I don't know. Oh, I have but I, I, I mean, that's something I would, I would definitely check in. I think that's, I mean, that's what I heard that there was one of those kind of loophole things that why they couldn't really go through and keep them in jail for that. Yeah. Well, but, what can you do? But I, you know, he was on, uh, he was a car salesman. I had an episode of Cosby. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Gilbert. Gilbert was yeah, but there was there was another comedian too. Uh, I'm trying to think of his name. That was in this episode. Uh, Sinbad. Sinbad ah. was also. He was Sinbad was also in this episode. I remember this. I like. I I dug the Cosby Show, and I say all the time, dude. Cosby. I can't think of a better. I don't. You know. I I never watched a lot of those Leave It to Beaver shows from back in the day, but I can't think of a better father figure in positivity placed in front of American families in my time than Bill Cosby. So like that's the deal. So Bill so Cosby Show was heavy. There was like two spin-offs of the Cosby Show, if I remember correctly. They eventually had Cosby, uh, which had like um Dougie Fresh in it, which was uh Dougie. Yeah, yeah. I actually you know what's funny? There's there's a funny little story I have for that. Let's hear it. Okay, okay. Um I was in high school at the time. Yeah. And I forget which class it was, but somehow, I mean, we ended up uh, going to New York. And one of the things was we got to see, uh, oh, yeah, it was for like um, a video production class. And we were able to go to New York. We like went behind like uh, uh, one of those tabloid news stations, you know, uh, behind the scenes. But we also got tickets to the new Cosby show. Very cool. Yeah, so we got to sit in the audience and actually... You? Actually, yeah, you watched, I did. You watched Cosby do his thing live? Yeah, yeah, You never did. told me that, dude. That's fucking awesome. I wish... Yeah. I, like, I'm jealous of that, dude. Well, I mean, it's one of those things that, you know, it was a cool time, but, I mean, it's not something that's that... I mean, I, I I had to think about it because, I mean, like I said, I was in high school. It was, but I do remember it was hilarious because, well, I did religiously kind of watch the the original Cosby show. I, I never really watched the new one, the newer one with Dougie Doug and, and all that. But I do remember that it was an episode where I think uh, Dougie Doug is trying to um, proposed to his girlfriend or something like that. And there's a scene where he's going through his pockets trying to get the ring and he's pulling out lint, he's pulling out other stuff trying to find it. And of course he's making jokes about, joke, uh, uh, jokes bits with what he's pulling out. And he finally pulls out the ring. And the first time, of course we didn't know what was happening. 
Yeah. So we're watching it, and he pulls it out, and and we were all like, "Oh, cool!" The sec because they always do like two takes, at least with the audience when we were there. Okay, and they were going to go to do a second take, and I was there with my classmates. I have a guy who uh, one of them says, "Hey, how about when he pulls out the ring, we all go, ah." You know, one of those, like, over-the-top, oh, kind of thing. Yeah. So, we as a class all decided to do that. And uh, we got chewed out for it. Don't tell me Cosby did it. No, no, no. Um, No, they had had a guy whose, like, entire job was pretty much to tell jokes before and after the scenes. To kind, of, it kind of, I would say, a comedian fluffer is the best way to. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. They do the show. Yeah, I know about. Yeah, that. yeah. They you know, you know. Try to keep the laughter up. Try to keep you always look at engaged. You, you even knew. Look at that. You must be real. You even knew there was one of those guys at the shows. Yeah, and and I, I remember after we did that, the guy says, "No, no, no. You guys, you can't do that." So they had to do a third. Because of us doing that. Who was it? Was, was who was? Do you remember who was in the scene? Was it just Dougie Fresh? And it, his was girlfriend? Doug, it was. It was Dougie Fresh and the uh, actress Early. playing his girlfriend in that specific scene. Yes. I was going to say you could have actually you could have you could have thought to yourself that you that Alexander Hawk was involved with um, Bill Cosby going. You tell them fucking kids they do that again. I'm giving them the drugs they don't wake up from. <laughs> but but here's another thing, okay? Yeah. While we're there and we're talk, uh, and and this is was before we even started the filming aspect. Uh, the guy comes up and he's telling jokes, trying to keep us lively, and he pointed out that we got to see you know Cosby pretty much sitting sitting in in a chair, and uh, there was a guy next to him uh, who you know, held his cigar and gave him his cigar. And uh, and the uh, comedian told us, like, oh, yeah, this guy is actually his uh, stunt double who has been with him since us, um, uh, the uh, the TV series uh, uh, I Spy, I think it was. Uh, yeah. And uh, that, you know, Pretty much now his, his 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 job he still gets paid is to pretty much hold uh, uh, Cosby's cigar on breaks. That's uh, that's what he got in trouble with those Asian actresses. I heard on on breaks too. <laughs> they had to hold the cigars. Uh yeah, but but in this one he was holding it with his hand, not what they were holding it with. There's a um, yeah, there's a the rumor about cause that I think I heard on Gilbert's show because Gilbert all has his podcast talk about old timey TV and movies. Everybody should check it out if they if they haven't already. But uh, supposedly Cosby had like an hour of the day scheduled every day where he he taught comedy to Asian models. That was Asian models. That's what it was. Uh, That's what they call it nowadays. Yeah, and everybody it just like they they didn't bother. They just turned an eye to it, or like they just actually thought he was doing like because he's a goofy Bill Cosby that he was just teaching at the Asian. Well, I don't know what the deal was, but I got a feeling I know what the deal was. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know about that. The cause that's interesting. So the well, that dude that dude knew he that dude that his, his cigar man knew some probably dark shit. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I mean, for the record, if anyone's listening, um, I'm down to uh, start teaching uh, any model, so they don't have to be Asian or any ethnicity. I'm, 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 I'm totally open to any kind of uh, models. If they want, they can come over to my place, and I can teach them uh, the ways of the acting world and the podcast world. If if you're interested, for a very small fee, you know, a very small fee. You're too far gone. Talk about your your favorite film in the world, Beverly Hills Cop 2. Get back into Gilbert a little bit. But I do want to hear later in life. I want to hear more about this tape, videotaping. Honestly, that's about all, really. Uh, I mean, I mean, I, to be perfectly honest, I had not thought about this until you started talking about the new Bill Cosby. Wow, were you drugged? Yes, right. yes, yes. All right, Beverly Hills, <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop 2. No, I want to talk more about Bill. <laughs> no, no more Bill talk. You got to talk to a therapist if you want to talk about Bill anymore. He uh, touched me. He touched me in the heart. Oh, uh, horrifying. Yeah, I know. You know, part uh, Beverly Hills Cop 2, directed by the late, great Tony Scott, if I remember yeah. correctly. Um, you know, it was very fun. The sequel was very fun. You know, you bring back uh, Gilbert. Gilbert's well, he's not in the first one. Uh, Bronson Pinchot's in both, though, right? No, no, no. Bronson Pinchot is in the first and the third. He was not in the second. Did Gilbert play his part? No, no, no. They were, well, the they thing Gilbert owed money or something like that, right? Well, here's the thing. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, they needed some information. So uh, Eddie Murphy comes into his office claiming that... They had all these unpaid parking tickets. He bribes them, yeah. Yeah, and, and pretty much says, Hey, if you if you do this for me, you know, then you know, uh we'll 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 do it uh, uh you know, just we'll cut down to a little bit of a bribe. And uh so that's oh the thing was he actually uh convinced him to leave his office so he can go on the computer himself. So that was that was the uh, that was the thing. He had to get onto Gilbert's uh, computer. That was incredible, man! Incredible. Yeah, and personally, my opinion is is that uh, Beverly Hills Cop Two was even better than the first one. I enjoy I enjoy all three. Uh, Jonathan Landis directed Part Three, I believe, as well, which is a fun little factoid for you. Oh, that guy. Yeah, well, that, that that would explain why his buddy uh, George Lucas showed up in the cameo. That's what you got to do sometimes. Uh, Nineteen eighty-eight, our boy was in Hot to Trot. You know what I mean? Um, the 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 uh, Bobcat Goldweight movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, With yeah. the horse, I got that. That's that's a uh, that's one of those fun eighties nineties comedies that you wonder why they even made it, but you're kind of happy they did. You know what I mean? You remember? Have you ever seen Hot to Trot? I've uh, I know of it, but never actually saw it. We'll, no. have to, we'll have to catch it over here one of these days. Um, third base is the gas face. He had a cameo in that. I want to bring that up because <clears throat> that was a great video. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, third base is good times. They're one of the first ever white rap groups, so you always gotta bring that up. 
You know what I mean? Make people happy. Do what, do what they can. Uh, Gilbert played a radio, uh, record executive, I believe, of some sorts. And, uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Cameo by MF Doom, uh, when he was Zen Love, uh, back in the days. Rest in peace. Also, rest in peace to big uh, MF Doom. All right. Next up, The Adventures of Ford Furlang. Fun watch. Big fan. Big fan. Have you seen this? This is a Dice Man vehicle. Oh, I saw that years ago. I mean, Robert I... Robert also in it. Yeah, I, I remember bits and pieces of it. I think I saw it not too long after it actually came out. Yeah. It's very fun. I remember as a kid, uh, you know, I, I think the first, you know... I remember, like, seeking this out heavily. When I first started getting into movies and buying them and purchasing purchasing them for myself, I remember this was one I was hot to trot to get. Uh, and this was in the eBay days. I remember the early days of eBay, and I remember I ordered a fucking DVD of this, and it came up uh, from a different, uh, you know, region. Well, not my region, which sucked, which was a problem of eBay back in the day. But very cool film. Um Dice playing pretty much dice, and uh, in this Gilbert plays a, a radio. He's a radio DJ, like a shock rocker, who gets killed, and dice got to figure and dice got to figure it out. Um, really good, you know. It's not the best. It's 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 in in dice movies. It's probably in the top three of dice movies for sure. You know, say what you will. Oh, well, hold on. There's more than one dice movie. Oh yeah, there's more than one dice movie. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> you, kidding me, you kidding me? Dice is a fucking mogul, movie mogul. Um, 1998 here. Uh, rather, 1990. I'm losing my mind. Um, probably my favorite film that Gilbert appears in, Problem Child, like I said before. Really good comedy. I rewatched it. Uh, it really stands up. Dennis Dugan directed it. Dennis Dugan gone on to do a lot of Adam Sandler stuff and um, like a big time Hollywood comedy director. Um, I believe he even, I believe our pal Frankie and Bogamo was even directed by Dennis Dugan uh, on something, but prom child is starting the late great John Ritter as well. Rest in peace. Um, fantastic. Jack Warden's in this as well. Rest in peace. You know, Amy Yazbeck, she's still with us, you know, cool. Michael Oliver, who kind of retired from acting. I think he did both of these movies. And, you know, I, I don't blame him, really, because, it, it, you know, as a kid, you're like, or as a kid and even as a teenager, I was like, I wonder why that dude never, we've never seen him in anything else. You'd figured he would have went boomed off into other shit. And then nowadays I can look at it and go, well, he was typecast to like a mother trucker. Um, people probably couldn't get over that problem child vibe. I know that when he retired, he, he, he's got a band. I believe he's a music dude. Uh, but there was, he was on Gilbert's show. He did an interview. And I think he did an interview somewhere else. Because um, I've, like, sought after that dude to try and see what the dealio was. I want to try and get him on the show. But he's very, very, um, you know, not there. Yeah. Want to know something funky? Yeah. Uh, as we, I just checked out IMDb real quick. Uh, Gilbert Gottfried is number one on the star meter as we speak. So fuck yeah, that's big respect. Number one, Gilbert got there. That's big. That's big. 
IMDb is weird nowadays. We're so old that like <clears throat> when they do their birthday thing, I look at it every now and then and like half the people out in, in, in the front, I don't even know. It's like new Hollywood, you know what I mean? It's unfortunately, uh, where, you know, age comes in, like we're talking about before. It's an unfortunate deal. But uh, it's okay, Alex. There's another place to go after this, right? There'll be more Problem Child films in the future with Gilbert and Michael Oliver will be hooking it up, too. So next up after that, you know, Look Who's Talking 2 he was in. Look Who's Talking 2's. Uh, fun. That's a fun film too. I enjoy look, look who's talking series. I'm not too ashamed to say that. Um, I think that's some of the best work of Travolta and Kirstie Alley. <laughs> sure, that's that's some of their. I believe Devito's even in this one. Rosie O'Donnell, I pl- I think might have played the girl, but I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, you gotta have when you're doing a movie about voices, you better believe Gilbert needs to be up in that motherfucker. Next up, he was in Prom Child 2. I like Prom Child 2 a lot. Um, I think it's a little more campier. Um, you got the, you almost, I think you get a little, a little bit more screen time with Gilbert this time around. They realize it's funny. Gilbert's a weird, weird addition to the film because when you think about it, Gilbert's a star of both films, but it's just like a side story to what's going on type deal. But he's like a star. Like in the beginning, in the first one, he's a star, but he's really just, the dude trying to get him out of the orphanage. And then in the other one, he's kind of a star of the film, but he's really just like the principal type deal. And, uh, but he's like, he's up in the billing, which he should be. You know what I mean? I just think that's funny that he's not more involved in this plot. You know what I mean? You a fan of Prom Child 2 or not so much? Well, I mean, I, I know that this might put a friendship on Rocky Brown. Get the fuck out of here. You've never seen Prom Child 2? I haven't seen Problem Child 1. Wow. That's horrifying. I've only seen bits and and pieces of it. I mean, part of the reason why I haven't seen both of those is that when they came out, okay? Yeah. I thought Problem Child and Problem Child 2 were part of the Chucky series. Yeah, you, you have a Problem Child. You know what I mean? You got problems. Well, I, I, I mean, the, I mean, the thing was that you know, I mean, for some reason, I thought that was like Problem Child was like another like horror slasher uh, a movie with a little kid. I mean, that that that's that's what I thought. But did somebody on the street just tell you there's a movie called Problem Child? Because none of the promo goes in that direction. The the trailer wouldn't tell you that. I don't know where I, you're getting that info. Well, I, I, well, the thing is that I think it was like a kid I talked to at school, you know, and like, you know, they're like, oh yeah, there's this movie, Problem Child, and they're like, oh, this kid does all this, you know, nasty and crazy and, and terrible stuff, and I, 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 and, and the way they were describing it was making it sound like a slasher film with a little kid. Like, you know, that little kid from Pet Cemetery where he's, he's killing, you know, uh, 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 boy, uh, uh, Herman Munster. I, I mean, have, uh, yeah. That's that's what I thought it was, and I was like totally not interested in that. But I have, a, uh, I have a vision of you standing by the woods, and there's a kid that looks exactly like you, but with demon red eyes, telling you this story, trying to get you to go into the woods with him. 
coming through the woods. I think this is something from your imagination. You're some type of demonic possession. Um, but I don't know why you haven't seen Brom Child. That's pretty bad. But, 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 but I do want to jump in. There is a movie that came out in 1991, same time as Brom Child 2, that I do want to make a little comment about. Oh, yeah. Okay, Highway to Hell. You ever saw that movie? I have. I own it. Now, it was funny because I ended up watching uh, a little bit of like a behind-the-scenes, you know, uh, B-horror movie stuff. And, and, and one of the movies they talked about was Highway to Hell. And it's in the, interesting. In this one, uh, Gilbert Godfrey plays Hitler. Okay? Yeah. And, and the thing is, it also had Jerry Stiller and his wife, and a then unknown Ben Stiller. Yeah. And uh, the reason they ended up in the movie was the fact that they were trying to do the movie and they wanted to put some name, some cloud into it. And it's, it's pretty much a horror comedy. I mean, and they wanted to see if they could get in some, you know, a comedian. So they were able to get Gilbert. And then Jerry Stiller and his wife, and then of course they're like, "Okay, we'll do it," but uh, you gotta put our, our son in too, who's also uh, struggling as a comedian, and also their daughter. I daughter, think. yeah, Amy Stiller yeah. in there as well. And and it's hilarious because if you watch it, especially like Ben Stiller's scenes, God, he is so awful. It's hilarious. I mean it. I mean, it definitely was early on in his career. He hadn't found his voice yet. But, you know, he's like a two different characters, and it was just kind of like, oh, man, this is cringeworthy. Chad Lowe was also in that. Now, you want to know another fun fact? That director did another film in 1991 that I think was a little more well-received. It was more commercial. You know what that film was? What? Drop Dead Fred. Ah, Drop Dead Fred. Ah. And then the the director went back to his homeland and I don't think ever made anything in America again. Yeah. Well, Drop Dead Fred really wasn't that successful either. Right, but it was more pushed in in theaters. Well, yeah, I mean, it it was supposed to be more commercial, but it ended up being... uh, yeah, a lot of people didn't get it. And Highway to Hell was more of a harder to get. I remember I didn't stumble into that until later. I think Billy Coyne turned me on to that film later and like way later in life. Wait, hold on. You told me Billy Coyne turned you on? Yeah, oh yeah. More ways than one. I knew that kid had, had magic hands. Billy, if you're listening, give me a shout out. Give <laughs> me a call. We'll figure it out, dude. But. Yeah, like Highway to Hell, I remember that. I don't remember that going to theaters, but I remember Drop Dead Fred, the commercials for it. I think I might even have seen Drop Dead Fred in theaters. If not, I was. I think maybe I was just super pumped up for it to hit VHS because I remember theaters were not it were few and far between, but VHS was every Friday night at the rental place. So when I would get more excited for their rentals than I would the theatrical r- releases, you know what I mean? But with that being said, you know, we got to move on to the next Gilbert film because he's the, he's the man of the hour here. Our dude, Gilly, killing it. You know what I mean? Our boy. Uh, next up, you know, 
Night Court. He was in a couple episodes of Night Court as Oscar Brown uh, by Gigantic Fan. I love Night Court. He was in A Different World, which I think A Different World might have been a spinoff. Like, a, uh, like I think some of the ca- the cousin, I think, was in A Different World from Cosby Show. So I think that was some type of spin deal off. Then, of course, Aladdin. Uh, not your favorite Aladdin, but the introduction of the character that you think is the greatest performance from Gilbert Gottfried. You know, he was in House Party 3. That ought to tell you. Uh, that he was getting ready for Thumbelina in 1994. <laughs> right in Stimpy show, you know what I mean? You know, he was in that. He was in an episode of that. He said, Jerry the Belly Button Elf in the Adonis, which that's pretty epic for our childhood. To be a part of the Ren and Stimpy show is pretty huge. It's almost as big as when he was a part of the Beavis and Butthead TV show, which was a big deal. And then after that, Aladdin 2, The Return of Jafar, Alexander Hart's okay. favorite. Well, like I said, I mean, uh, I think it's it was a great uh, – um, I, I love what they did with the character. Gave Gilbert a little something more to do. Yeah. A little character development is always good for the soul. That's what I say. That's for sure. That's for sure. He was in Blank Man, the Damon Wayans vehicle. I, I enjoy Blank Man. Blank Man, they weren't allowed to make Handyman, so they made Blank Man. That's what that is, I think. Uh, he was in a couple episodes of uh, Bobby's World. Remember Bobby's World? I remember Bobby's World, yeah. Oh. I used to watch that. I used to be able to do the Bobby's World. I can't do it no more. I used to be able oh. to do it. Well, well, Matt, if if you want to really get to the voice, just, just, just reach down. Reach down and with all your might, grab your testicles and grab them hard and squeeze. Then you can get up there. Yeah. Howie Mandel uh, getting a TV show, a Saturday morning cartoon TV show. Kind of weird. Kind of weird. Uh, he was also in uh, Saved by the Bell, The Wedding in Vegas. Oh, yeah. And Zach and uh, Kelly were getting hitched. Yeah. That was a two-part. I believe that was a two-parter. Uh, well, I mean, the thing is, I think it was – for the TV series itself, I yeah. think it was a two-parter. But I do think that they did it all. Uh, it did it like a lot of TV movies where they they filmed the entire thing, and I think they also put out like for an hour special. But like in reruns, I think they split into two, so it just falls into the regular flow of the um, you know, half-hour slot. Yeah. I'm with that. Rest in peace, Dustin Diamond. Rest in peace, Dustin Diamond. Someone say the sacrificial lamb for the kickoff of the show. So we got nothing but love for Dustin Diamond. Now, Silk Stockings, I remember, I'm not going to go te- too deep into that, which is funny that he played, he was in two episodes and he played different people in each. I think that's funny. Um, you know, I remember that, the weird X, uh, the X-rated, uh, X Files. I think I said that I wanted to one of our guests once. They were in Silk Stockings. Um, Living Single, which Living Single might be that spinoff show with the Cosby niece. You have the Prom Child cartoon. Did you ever get into that at least? Um, no, I don't think so. 
No worries, no worries. I mean, I knew of it, but again, it was one of those things that I never really, uh, really followed. Yeah, an episode of Married with Children. Yeah, you ain't you ain't anybody unless you do an episode of Married with Children. You know what Heck I mean? Yeah. Uh, they get they go out. There's when they go out on a cruise and the, the the boat goes down and they're stuck out on a buoy with uh, the Darcys and some uh, fat chick, if I remember correctly. Some yeah. Yeah, Gilbert Godfrey was Gilbert the comedian. Godfrey, yeah. He yeah. did a lot of good stuff in that. Uh, my apologies to the fetching. <laughs> but ship happens. I was just setting up that joke, ladies and gentlemen, so don't get angry with me. Ship happens was the name of the episode. You know what I mean? I wrapped it all around. It was very nice. Um, you know, I, like if I was, if I was acting in the nineties, I would want to be on married with children. And Gilbert was able to do that. You know what I mean? He was almost also on some wings. I remember him being on wings. I remember watching that at late hours. You know, I think that was like on that. I think that was one of those deals. Cause that was a USA show. So that might've been in a, uh, before or after wrestling perhaps, or before or after something else. I, I would watch that. I don't know. I could be wrong, but I did watch it. Let's get your boy Tony Shyoma, whatever his name in there. The dude, the, the Tony Shalhoub, buddy yeah, boy. He also plays himself. He also plays guitar for Black Sabbath. Yeah, and and also uh, Thomas Hayden Church. You can't forget him. Of course, him. where I first fell in love with Thomas Hayden Church, and I'm a huge fan of Thomas Hayden Church. Uh, hey, um, Thomas, if you're hearing us right now, I'm on we want you on the show. Yeah. Uh, Problem Child 3, Junior in Love, 1995, the TV version. Yeah, he, he re- reprised his role as Peabody. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, he, there was also an Aladdin cartoon, you know. He did an episode of um, uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark, which you might not have got into, uh, but I loved that as a kid. I thought that was a great time. Uh, the episode was a tale of Station 109.1. Where a youth obsessed with death discovers a radio station which takes its listeners to the afterlife, which is gangster, super gangster. Mm. You know who else is in that episode? An actor you might have recognized in the in a movie called Drive, Ryan Gosling. Hey, hey, hey! Ryan Gosling will always be young Hercules to me. Oh, Ryan Gosling's—he can be whatever he wants to be, as long as he wants to be. I mean, now. come on! I mean, doesn't he look like a young Kevin Sorbo? Yeah, he, he, I thought he was or something. <laughs> I, mean, I think it might. I don't know. He's got a little. He's, he's got a little more artistic uh, films under his belt. I think. Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, uh, Kevin Servo is moving up. He's he's doing uh, the next Mahal Brothers uh, project, so he's finally starting to, uh, for a, a real comeback. Okay, artistic freedom, baby. Uh, there's also a, uh, a film called Meet Wally Sparks. We talked about a little bit earlier, <clears throat> so we don't gonna get back into it. I think it's one of Rod- I think it's maybe Rodney's last good films. It's rated R, so that helps it. Um, it's very fun, very fun. Like you got our boy Lenny in it, so he's got that special moments in my life for me. Um, he was on the Weird Al show playing Al's imaginary friend. I remember that. Uh, yeah, Dr. Katz, professional therapist. He was on Hercules. I know you're a big fan of Hercules. Heck yeah, heck yeah. You know what I mean? The Clerks, the TV series, doing the voice. 
they couldn't get Seinfeld to do the voice, so they got Gilbert to do it, which was funny. Who played Gil? Played him? Played uh, Seinfeld? Son of the Beach. He was on two episodes of that. Is Noxus Johnstein? I remember I, I owned the first season of this. I believe this was a Howard Stern executive produced television show that um, it was, it had its moments, but I don't think enough to survive, but it didn't, you know, he was on crank Yankers, George Zucco. You know, that was a big show for at the time, which they brought back, I believe. Back yeah, by, I, I, I enjoyed son of the beach when it was on. Yeah. Back by midnight was the film, another movie that Rodney was in, but I think that was more just uh they were both hired in. You know, he's done a lot of stuff, you know, that, you know, Greg the Bunny, he was in that for that. That was kind of short lived. You know, he eventually did some Sesame Street. He did a lot of a lot of cartoons, even bigger ones of nowadays. Uh, 30 Rock, Till Death. He did two episodes of Till Death, which I like. Hey, hey, I, I, I do want to jump in for one second. Do that. Okay. Um. Uh, there, uh, he was in an episode of CSI, uh, uh, Crime Scene Investigation, the uh, Las Vegas one. Yeah. Uh, in 2003. And, uh, the reason I want to bring it up is he was in, in it with, it was him, uh, Bobcat Goldthwait. Oh. And one other, uh, comedian of the time. I forget who. And of course, it was a situation where, the the person who ended up dying was a uh, a comedian who ends up dying on stage, and of course they interviewed all the different uh, and and Gilbert Godfrey was one of the suspects that they were interviewing, and uh, in the end it ended up being Bobcat who was the one behind killing off that comedian, and uh, it actually I say it's one of my favorite CSI. Episodes, not just the fact that Gilbert and Bobcat were in it, but the ending when Bobcat revealed why he killed off the uh, the uh, comedian, I thought was probably one of the coolest endings. Yeah, yeah, and and his, his reason was the fact that that the comedian was all about the insult comedy and making fun of the audience. Mm-hmm. And Bobcat's like, you know, you guys are idiots that you are, you know, you know, clapping and, and awarding this guy for just being an asshole on stage. He's not telling jokes. Yeah. Right? He's just being a douchebag. And that's, that's, he, it was his reasoning why he killed off the uh, comedian. Darkness. Yeah. Following me. Yeah, you know, what can you do with that? What can you do? Hannah Montana, you know, Dirty Rock. Tonight Show Jay Leno, he made eight appearances. You know, a little rambunctious. Some of his, you know, he had those two jokes that really got him. Remember, uh, he had a joke about 9-11, like a week after 9-11, where he was playing, I believe, the Friars Club. If I remember correctly, um, and it was uh, let me see the forty third, yeah, 
Yeah, that's what it was. It, all the way back in 1991, in, in the Emmy Awards performance, there was an issue, too, where he, co- he told a series of masturbation jokes in reference to Paul Rubin's arrest for masturbating in an adult movie theater. Viewers in the Eastern time zone saw the entire set live. That's us. Uh, but Fox censored the broadcast for the West Coast delay and issued apology calling the jokes irresponsible and insulting. Gilbert said that the producers stated that he would not be invited back. You know, you have, uh, you know, the 9-11 joke, you know, during his monologue at the Friars Club roast a few half or three weeks after September 9-11. Godfrey joked that he had intended to catch a plane, but could not get a direct flight because they said they have to stop at the Empire State Building first. Uh, This was one of the first public examples of 9-11 humor. Uh, I remember there was a too soon, somebody got all, you know, you would just said that, at least not too upset. That was kind of a joke in itself, I think. Bigger than anybody uh, has ever lost an audience. You know what I mean? You got to be careful. Uh, and then the, yeah. the, the aristocrats joke, which got a whole documentary about it. I don't know if you've ever seen that doc or heard the joke. It's a big, long joke, a filthy joke. Um, but very beautiful. Go check it out. I'm shaking it on the YouTube if you have it. <laughs> Yeah, and then and then of course there was the joke about the tsunami, which got him got him uh, fired from being the Affleck duck. Yeah, do you remember yeah. the joke? Do you remember the joke? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Should should I say it? We might be canceled. We'll do it for Gilbert. We'll do. We're talking about what he said. It's not. Like All right, we'll we'll, we'll do it for Gilbert. I apologize. But uh, the joke was um, uh, saying that, uh, well, don't feel too bad about the tsunami because... Oh, you're murdering it. You want me to do it? Oh, you you remember it? I remember it. Oh, fine. You go ahead. All right. The guy, I, it goes a little something like this, I believe. It goes, yesterday I broke up with my Asian girlfriend. I shouldn't be that upset, though. There should be one floating by any second now. Yeah, yeah, I was I was getting to that punchline, but uh, uh, you got to do the you got to do the part about I uh, yesterday I broke up with my Asian girlfriend though. You well, gotta give I, context gonna bring it in, you know. Yeah. Well, but, yeah. Either, yeah. So, and it's funny because going back to when we uh, went to the gathering, yeah, there was a point where a few people from the audience started chanting "fuck Affleck." Fuck Affleck, and of course Gilbert loved it, and he, and he, he 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 let let them go on for a while, and then he went on with his uh, uh his comedy, and then there was a time where he just stopped. It's like, hey, I, I cannot hear that uh, fuck Affleck again. Yeah. Fuck Affleck. Fuck Affleck. That's a good impersonation. That's a good impression of him. I try. I try. I uh, I have a little bit of audio from that sh- from that gathering event that we were at that I'm going to put at the end of the show. So if anybody wants to know what, what's down, um, but yeah, for sure, he, millions of dollars were lost on that Affleck deal. That was a big deal. Talk about a dude that, for better or worse, no matter what you think of his comedy or whatever, goes out there. Uh, willing to lose gigantor shit, gigantor money to try and get a laugh. He knew that he knew it. He might not have knew it was going to get as bad as it did. Um, 
but he knew that a lot of people weren't going to like it, but he also knew that he liked it. It's kind of like the vibe where, you know, every, you know, you say something, you might go a little dark every now and then with a joke or something on a show or something like that. And somebody at home might go, Oh, that's, that's fucking, that's, that's really that. It's bad taste. You know what I mean? That's too far. But in the same sense, somebody else should, can be listening to the same thing. And we had a really bad fucking day or something. And they hear that and it, the darkness of it makes them smile. And that's kind of who the joke's for at the end of the day type deal. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. Gilbert was more of one of those comedians where he, you know, there's certain people, you know, certain people need a little more than a knock, knock joke to get them to chuckle. And uh, there's got to be jokes for those people. Well, I mean, I mean, here's the thing. Okay, here's my philosophy when it comes to comedy, and that yeah. is that comedy is is one of the most powerful things in the world to help people deal with terrible situations. And the tsunami, 9-11, both of them are terrible situations, and, and it's those are things that you wish never happened and if I'm sure anyone if they had a time machine and could go back and make those things never happen, they would. But unfortunately we live in a world where that happened. Now, yes, you can be upset with Gilbert making the joke, saying, you know, it's too soon, it's not good making jokes of a horrendous situation. Yeah. But here's the thing, that we need jokes like that. We need jokes that, that aren't, uh, that, that, that kind of go into the dark, darkness of, of, of life. It, it's what we call gallows humor. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's how we deal with, I mean, so... Some people can only get through these kind of things by taking something as horrendous as that and find something funny in it. And you know what? It's 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 hard. It's not easy. It's and and a lot of people are like, well, you know, you should not make light of that situation, and you should just hold your head in somber sadness and just walk on. But you know what? Fuck it. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes you need someone to to make that you know off color joke that you know joke that you know blurs the line of good taste and 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 what what is considered humor because some people that's how they deal with it. I mean, there are times where something horrendous happens and a one of those jokes pops in my head and I laugh. Okay. It helps alleviate some of the pain. Okay. From the situation. Now, some people says, well, that just adds to the pain, adds to the misery. It's like, yes, if you want to sit down and you want to, uh, put that joke onto a microscope and say, well, this is wrong for this reason and that reason. Well, you know what? You better sit down and look at every goddamn joke that's ever been made. Because there's, I don't think there's a single joke that you can't look at and says, well, you know what? Saying that joke is making fun of 
this person or this this situation. And the thing is, everyone, every situation, every person has to be able to take a joke. Okay? And even if it's a joke that you don't find funny or you think, you know, is a little more hurtful than it should, well, it's your right to go at that person with a joke about them. Okay? That's how you deal with humor. That's how you deal with jokes. Okay? Anyone who lifts a hand over a joke, no matter what the joke is, you show showing that you do not have the intelligence to think of a response verbally. Because action, violence, and all that is the way of those who cannot think for themselves. Yeah. I'm... I mean, do, have I found times where someone says something or did something that pissed me off and all I want to do is beat the friggin' shit out of them so many times? And guess what? I never did. You know why? Because that does not take care of the situation and that just lowers you to their level. So the way you deal with it is they make a joke at you, you make a joke at them. And you keep on going back and forth. Because uh, sticks and stones can break your bones, but woods will never hurt you. Word. And if you if you stand on that thing that says, well, words can hurt. You can tear someone down by, you know, being nasty and, 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 and making fun of it. Yes. Yes, you can feel like crap. But you know what? You're not scarred. You'll heal. Okay. Your, your, your feelings might be hurt, but hey, it gives you two things. One, okay, it gives you the opportunity to go back at them with your own jokes and, and, and make them feel how you feel by pointing out, when they're pointing out something that they think is a flaw of you, you point out a flaw on them. And you keep on going back. That's how it works. As soon as you lift a fist, or, or say, well, you know what? That person should be canceled because, God damn it, he said a joke that I did not think was appropriate. Well, you know what? No joke is appropriate to somebody. And as soon as you take away the ability to tell a joke, whether it's good or bad or whether it, it fits with what you think, then when you find yourself wanting to make a joke about someone else and then they cut you down, you do not have a leg to stand on. Yeah. You do not have the right to say, you can't say that, but then say something like that yourself. I mean, that's the whole thing about freedom of speech. Okay? I mean, I will... I mean, if someone goes up and says the most hateful things on the podium... They have the right to say that, as long as I have the right to get on the same podium and say the counter-argument and, 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 and put my viewpoints out. That's the only way we can uh, fight against, you know, this kind of anger or hatred or bigotry or whatever you want to, to discuss, is the fact that you have the ability to go up and put your viewpoints ahead. As soon as you... Start saying no, no, you can't say that. Whether you know you can argue that it's a terrible thing to say, true, but as soon as you start doing that, 
then you have cut out your uh, your ability to then say your stuff because it can't be one-sided, no matter what side you are on. Because if if everything's one-sided, sooner or later that one side will be corrupted. Yeah. And that's the end of my rant for today. Well, that was a good rant. I stand next to you. Sorry, sometimes I get a little, a little passionate about these things. But. No, that's good. It's a good closer, you know what I mean? I think uh, that being said, it's one of those situations, you know what I mean? Um, very sad, very sad. You know, like I said in the beginning, Gilbert was kind of a rebel for his cause, you know what I mean? Yeah, and you can you can like his commit uh, um, uh, comedy or you can hate his comedy. But you have to respect his comedy, respect that he had the right to say what he said, and and as as uh, a wise person once said that you want to uh, to show your displeasure with somebody who's in the movie that does something you don't like or entertainer and all that. You show your disdain for that person by not listening and not paying for this stuff. Yeah. Okay, that's that's your power. You you you, your power is where you put your money. All right, they should be allowed to do what they do, and there'll be people that'll listen. But you have to have that ability of you, you can't just take down anyone that you think. Well, I don't agree with them. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of people I don't agree with, and. Deep down, yeah, I think they should shut up and not be allowed to speak at all. But then I also know that the fact is, as soon as you start doing that to them, when someone does it to you, you don't have a leg to stand on. That's true, man. Yeah. Alexander unleashes. Yeah. Well, you know, that being said, you know, you know, I, 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 we can't leave without bringing up Up All Night. Up All Night was, uh, for me, it was gold because it was, uh, you know, Toxic Avenger, uh, a lot of, you know, trauma movies, you know, real cheesy movies. It was kind of like a more cheesed out uh, Joe Bob type, uh, like, film show, you know what I mean? Um, like the Svengoolies of his days. I'm being possessed by the my voice is changing. But um <laughs> yeah, up all night classic. Uh childhood. I watch a lot of, you know, real B movies on there galore. Quite possibly could it could be uh credited with some of my love for B movies because of that hit me right at that certain age. But I think that certain age for is like going into the teens. Going into the teens and the early teens, I think that's the certain age that Things hit you, and if you like them, you fucking like them for a long, long time, or they give you influence or whatever. Um, but yeah, Gilbert's the man. You know what I mean? The roast—he always was killing him at the roast, roast bat, the roast, uh, roast of whoever. You know what I mean? Like that Hugh Hefner one got him in trouble, the heat for nine eleven, but he did some other ones, and a lot of fun. If you're not familiar with Gilbert, definitely there's so much stuff to dive into. He even wrote a book, I believe. There's a documentary out there named Gilbert that I've never seen that I want to see. Um, 
I've always ho- hoped for it to pop up on streaming, uh, and I've never seen it streaming anywhere. So I don't know what the story is with that. But yeah, Gilbert was the man, and he would have liked us. I felt like, and he, you know, he was he was a dude that liked movies and um, all that stuff. Like, I think he, we would have had a lot to talk about with him. Like, we both, me and me and the Alexandrov, had both attempted to get him on the show. It was uh, unfortunately we, we weren't able to get him, but you know he's got his own show. And the one thing I'll say about podcasts, which is cool, is like you put out all this content, uh, and when that person is no longer around, it's like you'll always have like an hour and a half conversation uh, that you can kind of vibe with. You know what I mean? You can't have it back with them, unfortunately, but there's always that. Uh, you know what I mean? You always have that. Uh, so there's plenty of stuff for people to still discover usually, which is nice. So, yeah, with that being said, you know, we got nothing but love and respect for Gilbert. Uh, he's the man, you know, for a long time. Uh, and that dude, he was like one of the last of the real gimmick comedians where they really live that gimmick. You got like dice and stuff where these people just – like get the Gilbert with the voice and stuff. That's not supposedly. That's not the real Gilbert. Gilbert's just a regular dude. That that was one of his gimmicks. So like, give it up to the gimmickers. Um, we got to have love for the people that the the experience for the audience and the character is more important than their ego. You know what I mean? Uh, you got to give mad respect and love to that. You know so. With that being said, go check out something Gilbert. And uh, me and the Alexander will catch all y'all on the next episode of the Boombastic Cast. Peace. Here's a little clip of uh, Gilbert Gottfried from Gathering of the Juggalos 2019. Uh, acquired for you via iPhone distribution satellite system. Enjoy. So, can you say fuck out one more time? Thank you. A man walks into his son's room and goes, Son, you keep masturbating, you're gonna go blind. The sun goes, I'm over here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> he caught uh, the bottle so many times that he went for
and she owes two hundred dollars. And so she goes back to taking a photograph. She looks, and he's jerking off at the corner of the road. She goes, "What are you jerking off for?" She, he goes, "Yeah, for two hundred dollars." You think I'm gonna let you have the easy one? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Did you say fuck that black? 